Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Story Archives. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary Newton, the other host. Welcome back. We'd like to welcome you all to the first ever Sassas. That's right, the S-A-S-A's. Right, Zach? The Sassas. That's that what we're right. That's, that's the code name right now. This is the first ever episode introducing this. We're calling it the Story Archives Stamp of Approval Awards, but we're just going to call it the Sassas for short. It's the yeah. first one. And what is it? This episode is going to be all about highlighting the best shows and films that we've watched throughout 2023. A little bit of cheating, late 2022, but whatever. The show is all about giving you guys the best stuff that we've watched. We're going to go through all the stuff we've watched. Then we're going to choose the ones that we liked that get the stamp of approval. And then we're going to narrow it down to the top 10. I have a top 10 shows. Zach has a top 10 shows and films. I also have a film list. I got some honorable mentions in there, some mm. hot takes. And this is all prepared with love because we are launching this episode on October 8th, 2023, which marks the official two-year anniversary of Story Archives. The first episode we ever launched was October 8th, 2021, where we began an entire commentary through the entire series of Peaky Blinders, which you can catch on Netflix. And you can catch on our podcast if you type in Peaky Blinders. We are the number one Peaky Blinders podcast in the world. Right, Zach? That is correct. We always are. Come on. Yeah. And so we started two years ago and really just grinded for about a year and a half. Didn't see much traction in the audience. Didn't see much traction in viewership until this year, about a year and a half in. Most of you all met us when we podcasted about a little show called Silo on Apple TV. And since then... Story Archives has grown. The Soapbox Network has grown. We're still small and meager, fighting off the titans like Apple and YouTube as they try to ban us to existence. Well, Apple already forgave us, but YouTube is still being a pain in the ass. But nonetheless, we've got some other announcements to announce on October 8th. Today, we didn't want to just launch the episode. In fact, this episode is part of another launch. We launched the newsletter. If you are subscribed to our newsletter, then you'll have seen that you got an email in your inbox this morning telling you about this episode. And in it, we talk a little bit about our story, a little bit about the future, what we want to do here. We also put some shows that, that we worked on, that sort of thing, um, and pretty much where to stay in touch with us on all the new things going on at the Soapbox Network. We've also launched our Patreon officially today. One of the things that we learned in the lessons learned when big tech like Apple and YouTube abuses their power um, and pretty much digitally shuts you down on all platforms is you got to be a little bit more resilient than being able to be shut down from that. Thankfully, we never lost Spotify, which enabled us to continue communication line with you guys. But we are launching Patreon and we do, we're doing it strategically at this time because Patreon is allowing a free tier. So that means you guys can follow us on there for free. You don't have to pay anything. And for those of you who love the show and who want to go out of your way and you have the means to do so, we're going to have a payment tier where you pay a little bit a month to help produce the content on the, uh, on the show. But it's not necessary, and we're not begging for it. It's out of the kindness of your own heart, if you want to do that, you make that choice. We always appreciate it for all of you who already support the show and who have sent us um, donations in the past. We greatly appreciate you, and we do this. You know, we're joy. You know, we enjoy doing this to entertain you guys, and uh, we hope you enjoy this episode. In addition to that, we also launched on Rumble. They have a much better track history of respecting. Uh, freedom of speech, although we didn't get banned for any freedom of speech issues on YouTube. Nonetheless, we feel like we're going to run into less 
of a potential banning on Rumble. So we have built up the channel. Zach's done a great job of populating the channel with all of our old videos that we posted on YouTube. And please follow us on Twitter. So we're asking for three, well, four things. Sub to the newsletter. Join us on Patreon just as a hub where you can catch up with any communication from us. Follow us on Twitter and on Rumble or follow us on X, no longer Twitter. So follow us on X and um, we'll be posting everything on every single platform there so you can stay up to date in case we run into another banning scenario. Zach, anything you want to add to all of that long housekeeping list? That was a lot of housekeeping. No, I was just going to say, man, if you asked me two years ago, if I thought we would have covered as many shows as we have already, I would have said no, I would have laughed, but we've covered a lot and it's been exciting. And hearing that it's only been two years, we've already covered all that makes me really excited for the next two years and all of the future shows that we're going to cover. So that's, that's all out there. Yes. Yes. We're sharing just a little bit of what the plans are for the future of Soapbox, but we can't do it without you guys. And the fact that you tune in week to week is an honor. It's humbling that you guys are entertained by the content that we produce. And we hope to entertain you for decades to come until we're in the ground, until we're 10 feet in the ground. Zach, are you choosing cremation or burial? Oh, that's a good one. I'll probably do cremation because okay. it's a little cheaper, you know? What about you? I have no idea. Um, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, good call. Let's record the meat. All right. Let's get into this. Also, guys, we have Lupin that we're doing a series of. As you saw, we posted all of our part one and part two coverage of it. That was one of the first shows we did on Story Archives. And we are excited that part three is here. We're dropping episodes every week on that and finishing up Invasion Season 2, which this week, as I record this on a couple uh, September 29th, we'll tell you the date we were recording this on, Invasion is getting good. So I'm hoping that when you hear this episode, it's getting even better. So... I'm glad to hear that because I've yet to watch that latest episode. Oh, so this, this week was the best episode yet. But. All right. Well, it's coming up this weekend for me. All right. Let's go. So let's organize this show a little bit. We're going to be starting a few different ways, Zach. First, okay. we'll, do, we'll just do a list off of all the shows and films we've watched throughout the year. Huh. Then we'll narrow it down to the ones that we liked individually. And then we'll have the grand finale of which shows made it to the top 10 of our approvals list. But we have to decide on something right now because we're going to actively iterate on this call as we do this, on this pod as we do this. Okay. Right? Are we giving stamps of approval, story archive stamp of approvals to every show that we like? Or are we giving them to only in the top 10? I'm only giving it to those in the top 10 for me. My honorable mentions, of which I have four written down, uh, I... I like them. I don't know if I would give them the stamp of approval. Okay. Okay. All right. We want one of the goals of this show is, and I, you'll see it in the newsletter I wrote. Uh, this show, we always talked about it. You know, there's an audience of people who will love us out there. Those are our people. Those are the people who are operating on our wavelength. They, they're like us. We're like you. We are the same in some ways. Yeah. In others, maybe not. But then there's the other wavelength of people. Those are the ones who leave the two stars and the one star reviews who are real pains in the asses. Those are not our people. These recommendations are not for those people. Although I'm sure they will write a negative, nasty review about what I'm saying right now. (laughs) This is not for them. The show, in part, we choose shows that we like. Notice that we don't cover every show on TV. We only talk about the shows that we feel 
we want to talk about. We're not going to talk about shows that are going to be a drag to talk about. So every show here that's on the top 10 is worthy of at least mentioning or talking about. And we think maybe for some of you out there, you might like the shows too. As I've gotten lots of messages lately, Zach, as I'm sure you have too, mm-hmm. about people who have kept subscriptions on Apple TV Plus that didn't want to. They were not going to keep them. Yeah. And th- until they ran into our uh, podcast with Silo and then they were like, wait, this, this, this streaming network has a bunch of good shows. However, something did backfire on Apple. One of our listeners out there was going to buy an Apple computer and decided to buy an HP as a, as a personal protest against the ban against our channel. <laughs> so thank That's you. impressive. Thank you. Honestly, I, like I was so flattered by that statement yeah. and I have a response coming to that, uh, to that person on the pod soon. I'm going to be uh, responding to those emails and sending a personal Hey, I got a little Thank surprise. Thank you. Got a little surprise. Yeah. But I hope I hope you like the HP, honestly. Yeah, I love HP. I still got an HP just chilling. I mean, it works like 20 years. It's like 20 years old, you know. They're, like, they're built like tanks. Yeah, exactly. All right. So you want to go first? Or do you do you want me to go first? You go first. I'm going to follow your lead on this one. Okay. If there's any sort of crossover, and we're going to make this show as entertaining as possible. So we're going to try to make this uh if we see things that are kind of sucky, uh we'll try to improve and kind of keep it keep the the boat moving here. But Let's get into what I watched, and then I'll get into what I liked. Cool? Okay. All right. And I, and I can already see that my, my list, I, I messed up in some areas, but let's get to what I watched. <laughs> All right. For, I'm going to list by network, so, so we can see the, the, mm. the how much I've watched in the last, and some of this was 2023, at least most of this was within the last, like, the last quarter of 2022, yeah. 2023. And w- when I say this list, I watch a lot. Of television shows. Okay. Starting with Apple in no particular order. We're going to go. And some of these may have been even earlier, but whatever. This is the first one ever. So we're going to, I want to add shows in that I just loved. Okay. Do it. Although the top 10 is kind of restricted to 2023. All right. For Apple. I watched Ted Lasso season three. Hmm. Okay. For all mankind. The Essex Serpent. Actually, this isn't going to work with me just listing them off. We're going to go with... Do you want me to just list them off or do you want me to just go straight to the light? Because I'm already bored by just listening to myself list off all these shows. Nobody knows what they're about. So we're not going to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Should should we just kind of start with the countdown of the top 10 and and go into that and move into our honorable mentions? How do you you want to do that? I'm going to go into the things I liked. Okay. And then I'll get into the top 10. Okay. All right. So here we go. My top liked, all right? And this is in mm-hmm. no particular order. I'm going with Silo on Apple TV, all right? Mm-hmm. I'm going Ted Lasso, For All Mankind, minus the last season. I have that with a major asterisk there. I put minus the last <laughs> season. Yeah. Drops of God on Apple TV. Foundation, season two on Apple TV. Ballers on Netflix with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Outer Banks, Guilty Pleasure Show, the movie Hunger on Netflix, All Quiet on the Western Front, and we're, I'm going to go into each of these, so don't worry, guys. Singles Inferno, another Guilty Pleasure Show, reality Korean show, a dating show that they send a bunch of singles to an island and make them, make them date each other. Okay. Absolute binge watch. I, never, I don't even watch reality show, but that, that one was damn good. One Piece, I got into probably the most famous anime of all time. I only got through a couple of story arcs there, but enjoyed it. Alice in Borderland, 
one of my favorite shows uh, that I've watched in the last year. Okay. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, the stop motion. That was a good uh, one. That was fantastic. The Pale Blue Eye with Christian Bale on Netflix based on the Edgar Allan Poe uh, story, I believe. The Bear on Hulu. I've been raving about The Bear. Where it yes, falls on the top 10, you guys will have to find out. Last of Us on HBO. And in particular, I put the pilot. Dairy Girls on Netflix. About some, some girls in 1990s Ireland in the middle of like the whole... Uh, <laughs> uh, I think there was like a... UK uh, divide with Ireland at that point. Okay. I think it's Ireland. Can you look that up? Yeah, what is it, Dairy Girls? Dairy Girls, D-E-R-R-Y. Tetris, the movie on Apple. And Cha-Cha Real Smooth, the movie on Apple. I also like the Steph Curry documentary. Uh, and Greyhound on there. And Causeway. Those are other ones. All right. Zach, you want to get into... Your top liked? Do you have a top liked or do you do you just have your top 10? So I just broke mine. I only noted down my top 10 and my honorable mentions. Though the ones that you just ran through that I've also watched has been For All Mankind. I started The Essex Serpent. I actually didn't get too far into that one. Okay. Uh, you know, Outer Banks and the Tetris movie as well. I watched that one actually a few weeks ago. Okay. All right. Do you want to jump straight into our top 10s? I think we should. I think we should do that. We should okay. get into the uh, get into the meat of it here. Okay, I I agree, and I think I might hit everyone with a couple of honorable mentions. I might extend my honorable mentions list. Okay, and we'll go from there. All right, Fair enough. Go, do you want to go top ten years first on shows, or do you want me to go first? Let's let's both go. We'll we'll do it at the same time, right? Okay. So I'll cover my ten, then you cover your tenth, and then the we'll thing go to is, the ninth. The thing is, I have two lists. I have a films yeah, list and a lists. show list. All right. Well, I have one, so I'll do my ten. And then okay. you do both of your tens. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Fair enough. Yep, let's do it. Okay. And we'll discuss right. each one a little bit. Perfect. Uh, so my number 10 and my top 10 is the, I'm probably going to butcher the name, but it's the Banshees of Inisherin. Ooh, I forgot about this. That was, that was a good one. It's not, now, some of these movies, some of these shows are not from this year. Mm -hmm. um but i have watched them this year i actually bought that movie it's directed by martin mcdonough mm -hmm. and it, it's a very good movie it's kind of like a, a dark comedy you got these two lifelong friends over in ireland um i forget the year that this takes place it's like in the early 1900s i believe yeah and it's definitely a more rural time yeah but it's it's interesting it, it like it, it this I feel like the plot feels like it just came out of left field. Basically, this one friend decides that he no longer wants to be friends with, well, his his friend um, and really throws out a pretty gruesome uh, consequence of their continuing communication. And it's it's just very funny. It's slow. So, it like, it might be a little bit difficult to get yeah. into. My wife did not like it. I liked it a lot. I'm happy I own it. I'll probably watch it again at some point. But that's my number 10. If we ever stop being friends, would you cut off your finger and throw it at my door? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not. I, I like my fingers for, yeah. uh, I need them. All right. Yeah, that movie stars Colin Farrell and also stars Brendan Gleeson, two of my favorite actors. Uh, great movie. Definitely not for everyone. It's a slow one. You also get a, get a great performance out of uh, Barry Keoghan. Uh, mm. I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And just overall, uh, great movie. 
slow watch, but kind of a quirky, dark comedy. Uh, yeah. At times, a little confusing, some of the meanings that they're trying to, to, to make in it. But, yep. um, but it's a thought-provoking film, too, in certain ways, you know, about friendship and the nature of friendship and this man who's having kind of like his, his midlife crisis, so to speak, about how he hasn't achieved anything of any sort of, that he's not, never going to be remembered. That's kind of like the, the gist of Brendan Gleeson's character's uh, concerns. He wants to do something, and so he feels like he's wasting his life with this kind of, I feel like Colin Farrell's character is slightly autistic in a way in the movie like where he's he doesn't take social cues very well um, no he doesn't seem the brightest to begin with either like he doesn't seem like he was educated very well yeah yeah it's one of those things where he has definitely like some sort of social disorder where he's not what he does in order to try to get his friend back i mean he has a pet donkey for goodness sake uh <laughs> and let me tell you when a certain thing happens to the donkey i mean it, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> so, all right. My 10, all right, and this is definitely the way this, this the Sasso Award should go. This is much better. Cool. On my film list, I have Pale Blue Eye, and Pale Blue Eye stars Christian Bale. Uh, that's the only actor I can think of off the top of my head who's in that film. And it's a great kind of dark detective mystery film. It's great for like a, a fall, winter watch uh, it's about his, um, it's about actually a, a murder that takes place on a campus, on a military, I think West Point. And, uh, and he's investigating it and they gets, there's twists and turns and all sorts of surprises in there. And he actually meets a young Edgar Allan Poe. Am I, am I confused about that? I think he meets Edgar Allan Poe in the movie and he has this affinity towards yeah. deciphering, um, you know, clues for, that, that are left behind, right? Mm -hmm. what did you think did you ever watch the pale blue eye i have not but oh, it is on my list to watch surprised. so i'm i'm happy to hear that i look i mean there's a lot of things that i've put on my list uh that i want to watch it's just a matter of trying to find the time to get to it but it's definitely up there it's something i want to watch maybe i'll, I'll try and you know get it in during the month of october okay. uh, might be it might be nice all right my other number 10 this is my top 10 tv shows now I went with okay. Ballers on Netflix, and it was a soft 10. It's kind of stipulated as, a t as my number 10 because I watched it in 2023. It stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It stars John David Washington, who's in Black Klansman. He's in the movie The Creator that's coming out soon. Uh, he's in Tenet. Uh, he kind of gets his big start in Ballers, from what I can see. He plays Ricky Jarrett. Dwayne The Rock Johnson plays a retired Hall of Fame uh, linebacker mm -hmm. slash, I think, defensive end or linebacker. Uh, and he is transitioning towards pretty much his life after sports where he's bankrupt. Nobody knows he's bankrupt, but he's a sports agent and just his rise in the world of being a sports agent and his, uh, business endeavors. And it's, at first it feels like, um, a worse version of Entourage, uh, which, okay. which is one of my favorite shows that I watched, uh, about a, a star actor. But, um, then after that, it kind of picks up and it gets very um what's the word i'm looking for like it gets more dramatic like there's really key moments with uh um with the rock that he really showcases his acting ability okay so it's on netflix you can catch all five seasons on there if anyone's interested on in it zach i gotta say side note there's the yeah. way the light is reflecting or the way you're moving distracted me so badly <laughs> i thought there was a giant roach 
inside of your record player back there. And if anybody's watching the video of this, my eyes just started drifting because I thought at the corner, if you move a certain way, it looks like a creature is crawling inside of your uh, your record player. Like, see that? The way you're moving there? Interesting. Yeah, it looks like a giant creature's inside of it. Anyways. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I have not seen that show either, but I will have to pick it up at some point in the near future. All right. Number okay. nine. My number nine is a movie from 2019. Okay. And it's not a movie that I thought I would actually like. I actually didn't even hear about this until you told me about the movie. The name of the movie is Parasite. It's, oh, yeah, okay. it's directed by, I'll probably butcher the name, Bong Joon-ho. Yes. It's a very interesting uh, movie. I, I wrote down a little bit of this. Basically, you have a man who is persuaded by a wealthy friend to impersonate a tutor for a wealthy uh, teenager. He gets the job and this house and he basically tries to get his fame, family different jobs in the house and they kind of like sneak in and they become parasites on this world. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happens. And you know, the, the movie, I believe it's, it's all in Japanese. Is that right? No, Korean. Korean. Okay. Apologies. It's all in Korean, but it is, it is a very interesting watch. It kind of had me on the edge of my seat. It's a, it's a drama thriller. Very, very interesting. I watched it late at night. It had me kind of looking under my bed, just, just saying, but <laughs> I, I, really, I really like the movie. I, I've never heard of the director. I don't, I don't know of any others, uh, any other movies or, or shows that this, uh, this guy's worked on, but he has a few he has is great. memories of a murder. Um, I haven't watched him at, uh, all of his films yet, but that was on my list. I went through kind of like a criterion collection mm. uh, situation where I wanted to watch, you know, I wanted to watch different countries like their best examples of their cinema so i was like going through the hong kong movies like the Wong okay. car way um films like i was going through a bunch of them and um just it's like several of the classic directors i was kind of going through a deep dive i didn't really finish everything but um it's still something that I, I have in my mind to do but parasite's one of the best movies i've watched in the last 10 years period like if i had watched that within the last year it would have been on there too mm-hmm. uh it deserved the oscar big time in my opinion that film ushered in because that movie came out in 2021 i believe or 2019 2019 2019. wow so so that far back when did when did squid game come out can you look that up oh yeah i think it was 2020 um might have been 2019 as well uh 2021 okay september 17th so i think parasite personally a lot of people haven't watched foreign films and in his Oscar speech, he talks about if people can get over that one inch barrier on the bottom of your screen, mm-hmm. a whole world of cinema will open up to you. That I heard that. yeah, And it's so true. And it opened up. If you look at Netflix now, the amount of Korean content that's on there is incredible. Like there's just so much in there, so much Japanese content. It's opened up the world towards foreign films. And I think it's shown people like there's a lot of depth here and a lot of countries have their own unique way of, uh, of telling stories, which is is very interesting, but that's a great yeah. number nine. It's so good that I'm surprised it's number nine. I gotta say, so I, I, I whatever sucker for other types of movies, but um, whatever is eight good. and up, like is a high <laughs> bar. So, um, all right, my number nine on the film list is a film called Hunger, and I'll I, I'll I digress. I or I will admit, not I digress. I haven't watched as many films as TV shows this year. I almost never watch as many films as TV shows. 
But uh, Hunger came out on Netflix, I think around April. And it's directed by, I'm going to butcher this name, Sitsiri Mongolsiri. Anyways, just look up the film Hunger and you can figure out uh, pronunciations and everything after because I know I just butchered that. Um, And it follows this character named Aoi. She's working in her family's business, making stir noodles and all that. And she's recruited by like a, a chef from the most famous restaurant in Thailand. And so she joins the team and it's kind of like this, uh, it's kind of like almost like a, a study, like about the, kind of similar to Parasite. It's funny that they're, but we both have these number nine. Okay. It's a study of like high class, middle class, lower class, you know, class warfare, upward mobility, with the purpose of life. Like what is really the purpose and is it even worth it to kind of kill yourself the way the, the head chef tries to like truly, um, make everything about success it's all about hunger you know and so he's Mm. it's very dark it's not like the most it's not a beautiful portrayal of food in fact it's actually the most beautiful portrayal of cuisine and food and all of that in the movie is when she's working at her humble noodle shop with her family working Mm. at the high-end restaurant nothing really looks very appetizing and so it's kind of like the story of her rise to fame and then you know the lessons learned along the way i personally enjoyed it a lot Okay. I okay. put that down on my list to look into. If you liked Parasite, you'll probably like it. But it's okay. more extreme. I definitely it's not on Parasite's level for sure. But um number nine on the show's list. Had Outer Banks. Oh, interesting. Okay. And it once again, it might be a soft nine because Outer Banks is a questionable quality show. Sometimes it's great, a lot of times it's fillery. Uh like the concept of the show I love, you know, these kind of down out of luck, uh, yeah. you know, kids in poverty who are treasure hunting. Like, I, I never knew it was about that. I thought it was about, about a bunch of kids, like rich kids who were complaining about their parents all the time. And so I never watched it for years because of that until I found out that it's not about that at all. It's about uh, this kid, John B, who his dad goes missing and uh, or dies really SC and um he's looking for a treasure things unfold and he starts to look for treasure and it, it's it is good and zach i know you've watched that one so i know we had yeah. a we have a plan to do an outer banks like a a, a judge-a-thon where we kind of just go through all the three seasons and uh do our thing yeah uh outer banks was good i watched it as well um i did not put that in my list because I, I watched it a little while ago though i think the latest season i watched within the year um because I think it came out this year. But anyways, uh, I, I had said two things when you went to watch it. One, the show is very addictive. And two, be prepared to yell at the TV every yes. episode. And I I want to say, I think you did that. I did both. I did both. Yeah. And then the other one was Madeline Klein or uh, what was the name of the, the two girls in the show? Kiara and um, Maddie? Mm, man, it's, it has been a minute since I've watched Sarah, it. I'm not Sarah. Sarah. There you go. That's Sarah right. Cameron. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more of a, a, Ki- a Kiara guy. But anyways. <laughs> anyway. All right. All not, right. A ba- not a bad show. Zach, you don't have to answer. You can plead the fifth. It's all right. Okay. Um, <laughs> not a bad one. And it was nice to be able to binge through three seasons. Are you, are you a Pogue or a Kook is the question. Hmm. That's a good question. Pokes for life, man. Pokes for life? All right, Pokes for life. Yeah. All right, what's your number eight, Zach? All right, my number eight. So, so my number 10 and number nine were both films. I pivoted here to TV for a couple 
uh, selections in, in this ranking. Okay. Um, if my number eight position goes to a TV show called Black Mirror. Oh. Which is, yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay. Uh, it is created by Charlie Brooker. I don't know much else that he's done that I've liked, though he did uh, create the movie, the Bandersnatch movie, which is another Black yes, Mirror Black sort of Mirror. show. It was, it was, that was a very interesting movie. I liked it. It was a very, it was interactive, first of all. Yeah, which is a pick really your cool. adventures type of movie. Yeah. It, it was one of the best that I've ever experienced. It's not the first I've experienced, but it was the best that I've experienced where it actually felt like you could go down this unique path and not kind of like end at the, the same mm. result. Um, so, I did like that from the movie, but I really liked the TV show. It's this very dark sci-fi TV show. Every episode is a different story that's being told. Um, season six is the latest season that's out right now. I will say season five lost me a bit. I was not a fan of season five at all. Season six is bringing it back for me. I have not finished it yet. Mm-hmm. I have watched the first three episodes. I, I, I do really like it. The thing that I love about the show that I, every, I always tell everybody is that so many, at least in the earlier seasons for me, so many of the things that they cover in the show feels so plausible in yes. today's world yes. that that is what makes the show terrifying to me it's not necessarily that everything is so bad i mean i don't think it's any good situations yeah, yeah, yeah. but like it, it takes even what could be good in terms of technology and it really shows you the negatives and the bad sides the evil sides of it that could come out and it's it's wild black mirror is the kind of show that when it gets you good it makes you want to go take a, a shower yeah. <laughs> with how dark it can be sometimes but yeah. This it's no doubt compelling. I haven't caught up on probably the last two seasons before season six, mm-hmm. uh, but I did watch. It, it is one of those that you can't binge watch, in my opinion. It's one of those where you watch like a couple, you know, every you know, one a day type of thing. At least for me, my personal preference. But season six was incredible from the little that we did watch. I think we watched three episodes of season six. Yeah, yeah, and we do have to go back and finish that. But all right. Number eight for me, I'm telling you, the films, I got to say, the films probably were, were weak for me this year. Uh, okay. In terms of like, I don't know if these would make it on a year that I really go hard on watching films. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, these are all movies I enjoy. They all get the stamp of approval. They get the story archive stamp of approval. I'm going with Causeway starring um, Jennifer Lawrence. And okay. I always blink on his name, but I, I love him as an actor. Give me a second. Brian, what's it, What's his name? I'm not sure. I haven't seen it. I know that much. Brian Tyree I Henry. It. I was going to say Brian Tyrese Henry. Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah, it stars a, a wounded soldier uh, who suffers a brain injury, which is Jennifer Lawrence, and she comes back from fighting in Afghanistan to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And um, she's adjusting to life back home. And I, I just found it like a simple kind of movie um, about somebody trying to get reacclimated to civilian life. And yeah. um, I thought her and Brian uh, Tyree Henry had a great chemistry on camera. Like I thought it was a great uh, duo. And he's somebody who has a traumatic story that occurred to him, like a traumatic experience that happened to him in the, in the movie as well. And they really kind of just bond over, he's a mechanic and he takes in her car and she just takes a job as a pool cleaner. It's like she can't, she has kind of like a a troubled home life with her mom that she comes to live uh, back with. And 
it's a it's a good movie. It's it's a deep, uh, quick watch, but nonetheless, it's it's a good one. Jennifer Lawrence is great in it. I will say that. Nice. Number eight on the shows. This might be controversial. This okay. is pure enjoyment. All right. I put Ted Lasso season three. Hmm. Interesting. At eight. Okay. Uh, Ted Lasso is the number one show on Apple. It is. I'm not going to say it's my favorite show on Apple, but it's definitely got to be top three. Uh, it's fantastic. Everyone who watches it, you come away a better person. It's very friendly, positive. I will say season three felt like a drag for like the first half of the season because it kind of got away from the Ted Lasso optimism of seasons mm-hmm. one and two. And so it took a while. Like it was the latter half of the second uh of the season that really redeemed it for me personally. Okay. And um, nonetheless, it's got to make the list. It has to make the list because it's, it's freaking Ted Lasso. I'm not sure there's going to be another season of Ted Lasso. Um, I don't yeah. think there is. I think it's over. I think, I think this was the last season of Ted Lasso. Well, I, I watched it too. I didn't think to put it on my list, but I should put it in my in my honorable mentions, I don't know if it's going to be that high for me. Okay. I find it. Did you say you liked the season three the most, or was that the no, least? No, no, no. Seasons uh, one and two are definitely uh, okay, personally good. more enjoyable. I, I, I heard you wrong then because I, I thought you were saying you enjoyed season three the most, and I was like, that was the one I didn't enjoy the most. No, seasons no, one and two were great. Not at all. Uh, I, I did really like the show. It started to trail off towards the end, but I, I do, I did like the ending. I liked the ending. And I, certain episodes were so damn good that uh, it definitely makes the all-timers, you know? But mm-hmm. the season as a whole, n- not good enough to go past the rank. I do have one very controversial pick at uh, in my top 10. But I'm talking, okay. this was just... I think my criteria for the top 10 shows was which ones was I burning through. Like, that, that I was mm-hmm. just going, like, clicking the next episode immediately, you know? Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. There's no judgment on this list. I got everything on this list. You know, there's <laughs> there's about every genre of TV on this list. So, all right, that was my number eight. What is number seven, Zachary? All right. So, number seven for me is also a TV show. Okay. It is Chernobyl, oh. created by Craig Mazin. Okay, yeah, that's a great one. It, it follows the story in April 1986 of the explosion at Chernobyl, which is a nuclear power plant. Uh, and it kind of just covers the way that that situation was dealt with. It is a very interesting show. It, it's one of the ones where, you know, I, I like the way that you're, you're kind of picking the TV shows that you like the most. Like if you sat there and you just kept hitting play the next one, play the next one, play the next one. That's how that it was. was one where it's like, man, every episode, I, I wanted to watch the next one because I wanted to see how it would unfold. And it's it's a mini series. It's a short series. Um, I, I want to say it was like seven episodes, but man, it was, it was so well made. I liked it. I liked the way that they kind of went about telling the story. Uh, and also, if if you love Jared Harris, he is in that as well. Uh, Jared Harris is from uh, Mad Men Foundation, a bunch of other shows yeah. out there. Very seldom um, shout out. Yeah, there you go. So that's my uh, that's my number seven. Loved it. Okay, okay, I got you. My number sevens I chose for my film was the Steph Curry documentary. 
underrated. Okay. Uh, I'm a huge basketball fan. If you don't know this by now on the on the on the show, I'm a huge sports fan. My two favorite sports are basketball and football. Uh, not necessarily in that order currently, but they switches. Those those are my top two. And Steph Curry is is one of the goats. He's one of the greatest of all time. I've been a fan of him since he played at Davidson in college. Unique player uh, as as a uh, what's his name? Um, Dick Vitale would say he he called him a diaper dandy when he played as a freshman. I mean, he was like a he's shooting the ball from thirty from thirty five out. He was shooting threes from so deep that nobody had ever seen anything like this before. But he was scrawny, you know, compared to some of the other players. You know, skinny, hmm. not necessarily short, but but skinny. Uh, but just a baller, somebody who had a killer instinct. You could see, you know, if you knew basketball, you could see. This kid was a killer. Anyways, gets drafted, wins three uh, three rings. I think he has four now, possibly. Um, yeah, I think he has four. And overall, I love the documentary. It goes a bit into his family life, his upbringing, you know, uh, his high school journey, middle school, pretty much. His dad was an NBA player, trained him up. And just the the level of dedication that is required to truly be great, you see that with him. And he's... You know, basketball has the the founding fathers of basketball. You got like your the people who really elevated the game. You got Kareem, you got Wilt, uh, you got Magic, Larry, you got you know Michael Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, LeBron, mm. Steph Curry is on on that list of people who's elevating the game, um, and he's transformed the game. If you go to any court, you know when he first was coming up and like really taking preeminence in the game, you'd go to the court. And you see kids just chucking up. Kids had no business chucking up threes, just launching three-pointers from all over the court, from deep, from half court. I mean, and that's the, that's the Steph Curry effect because he's he plays the game in a way that you feel is attainable because he's not LeBron. He's not a super 6'8 athletic freak who's, you know, a tomahawking the, a, a, the ball into the rim from the free throw line. You know, so it's like... It's a different kind of uh, attainability. But anyways, there's there's no doubt. I enjoyed the hell out of that documentary. I think I watched it twice. So that was wow. number seven on the film list. Okay, nice. I also wanted to make a quick note about Chernobyl that you mentioned. For those listening, that is the one show Zach has watched this year that he has hassled me about to watch the most. I think every time he watched an episode of Chernobyl, he was telling me, you gotta watch this show. Have you seen Chernobyl? You haven't watched Chernobyl? It's amazing. You gotta. If you haven't seen Chernobyl, <laughs> you gotta watch this. It is amazing. Anyways, yeah. Uh, so now it's continuing to be added to the list. Although I got another show on my list that may be uh, one that we commentate on soon. Okay. Number seven on the TV shows might be a little controversial. In fact, I'm looking at it and I feel like it needs to be a little higher. But we're leaving it at seven for now. I'm going Foundation season two. Okay. I thought it was a step up from season one. Yeah. I did think some of the storylines dragged a bit. Uh, I thought the storylines of Harry, Gale, and Salvor dragged a little. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers. I don't think this is the show for the spoilers of what goes on in the show. Nonetheless, fantastic season of television. I'm interested to see where it goes from here to season three. I'm assuming it'll get green lit for season three. It's definitely Apple's biggest jump into the sci-fi genre. It's the most beautiful sci-fi show you have ever seen. I promise you out there, they spent the money. 
and it shows the acting is great. Lee Pace is great. Jared Harris is great. Um, Terrence Mann is great. I mean, all these different actors that are on the show um, absolutely killed it. And season yeah. two was a step up to all of that. So It is a great show. Uh, season two is definitely better than season one, though. Season one was pretty good as well. Yeah. Um, I'll be surprised if that thing doesn't get greenlit for season three. I'll be sad if it doesn't get greenlit for season three. By the way, before we name numbers three, two, and one, we'll do honorable mentions. Okay, cool. Okay. What is number six, Zach? My number six. Okay, so my number six is Dune, uh, directed by Denis Villeneuve. It was a great movie. It was... I, I've never read the book um, or any of the books. I've seen video games, but I've never played the video games. You raved about the movie. I think you were reading read the, the book, book as well. I read it. I yeah. Read it, yeah. I watched it. I like it. The one thing I don't like about it is how long I have to wait to watch the next movie. What are you talking about? It's coming out this month in October. I know, but it's it's been, it feels like forever. <laughs> I, like I, I, I want to like pick up and, you know, I, I'm so used to, to watching like one season of a show and, you know, getting the next season the next yeah. year and, you know, switching to to a movie. Hey, man, the wait just feels so much longer, but it's it's a really good sci-fi show. Uh, I think you've mentioned in the past that Dune was kind of like what a response to Foundation, yeah, which it was, was kind a of a, book a response from Isaac Asimov. I don't know this like like the Bible, but like it's a response to the worldview that the Foundation sets out. So it's kind of a direct response in that. And in terms of that, the Foundation is not so heavy on the individual. Right, it's very much mm-hmm. based on over a thousand years, while Dune is very much based on the Atreides, you know, and and Paul Atreides yeah. and his family and um, all those. But Dune is amazing. Dennis Villeneuve is, is incredible. Uh, Hans Zimmer does the score. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is the next DiCaprio. You know, you got Oscar Isaac in there. Uh, you got all sorts of incredible actors. You got Rebecca Ferguson, who's in Silo. Who's yep. who's in there playing uh, Paul's mother, Timothy Chalamet's mother, Jason Moore. It's stacked. They got Josh Brolin. It's ridiculously stacked. The whole cast. Uh, you got Kellen Skarsgård in there as uh, as the evil guy. It's it's just insane. It's a good. it's a great movie. You're right. It is completely stacked. I'm shocked um, I haven't rewatched it. Now that we're talking about it, I'm shocked that I, I haven't rewatched I, it. I bought it. I don't know what was going on. There was like a sale that Apple TV was doing. And I bought it for, I want to say I bought it for like $5. Oh, it was wow. crazy. That's Wild deal. That's a steal. So good. I'll, I will go back and watch it as well. But, you know, Dennis has directed other movies like uh, Sicaro, uh, Arrival, uh, Blade Runner. Have you never seen Prisoners? Which I haven't watched, Blade Runner. Uh, Prisoners? No, I don't think I've seen that. Oh, my gosh. That's my favorite one of his movies. Okay. Well, it's going on my list. Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal plays the detective who's looking for a missing child. Hugh Jackman plays the father of the missing child. It's probably Hugh Jackman's best performance ever besides his performance in Les Mis, playing Jean Valjean. Mm. That is definitely his best performance ever. And he got robbed for not winning the Oscar that year. And they got robbed for not winning Best Movie. And I don't even like musicals. But Dennis (laughs) Dennis Hooper killed that shit. I mean, like, they were singing in ear. All they had was a piano in the ear. They were singing live on set. That was insane. Anne Hathaway killed... I mean... I'm going, I digress, but damn it, Les Mis did not get the, it's due credit. Anyways, that was number six, right? 
Yes, that was number Holy six. Crap. What is five through one for you? Wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, mine feels soft uh, compared to <laughs> your top your top ten so far. <laughs> I got a cha cha real smooth on Apple TV as the my number six film. Um, it's a movie about pretty much a guy. It's directed by Cooper Rafe, and he plays the main character Andrew. And it and uh, he falls in love with an older woman named Dakota, who's a single, not a single mother, but she's uh, engaged to uh, to someone. She has a, a special needs child, and mm. they fall in love with each other pretty much. And it's just kind of that story of. Uh, of him who who's just come back from college he has a, a crap job uh, he's trying to make money you know it's uh, it's a it's a very heartfelt movie and uh it's it's sort of rom-commy sappy moody type of movie but uh okay. if you're in the mood for those types you might like it all right i might take a look at it i've seen it pop up on my tv every every now and then but uh maybe i'll maybe i'll bump it to the list all right number 6 this is a left fielder out there for those who don't watch anime, but if you haven't guessed it by now, it is One Piece. And honestly, I probably should put it at number five, but because One Piece has some episodes that it feels like a drag to get through in terms, it's like an anime. So sometimes it'll have like a filler episode, mm-hmm. although there's very far little, but this is the number one anime in the world. It's the longest running. They got over a thousand episodes. I'm not even close to finishing it. Okay. I got through a few of the arcs. That's how they they go through them in anime. You know, you got the... I went through the Alabasta arc. I went through a couple of other arcs. Uh, It's good. This is the kind of... I think it's called a shonen. I think that's what it's called. Okay. And it's very much a similar theme with all of these. Of the Harry Potter ilk, okay? You got Mm. parents that he's never met before, okay? He's got a special powers that that he can't quite explain. And that kind of thing. And he's, you know, he's got a cast of pirates. They're about pirates that are looking for the one piece, this this uh, heralded famous treasure that the most famous pirate left behind. And every once in a while, I get in the mood for one of those. You know, I, I love a good anime. I love Naruto. It's probably my favorite ever. Jujutsu Kaisen, Demon Slayer, uh, okay. Death Note, Attack on Titan, all those. One Piece has, is the grail of, I guess, the anime world so i've been trying to get through it so it's number six because there are some moments that are so truly epic and if you're open-minded enough to watch it you'll like it you know it's it's funny because i feel like you've been trying to get me to watch uh anime for quite a while and i'm really not an anime fan i think that the one anime that i've actually liked is if you can even call it that i guess is uh avatar the last airbender you know uh that that i love that but i've never been a big fan this will probably you know get me I don't know. I'll have a nice review I for think, me or something. I but think I, I'm I, gonna be the one who gets lambasted here. To be, honest. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I, I, I've I know never I'm been a fan of Naruto. Five, so, oh, well, we'll we'll see what that is. I've uh, never been a fan of Naruto. Never been a fan of like Dragon Ball Z and all of those things. Now, I've also never really watched a ton of them, so I, I, I don't. I can't say like I've really given it a chance. Um, I've seen some here and there, but there's one that I started watching, and unfortunately, it's no longer on Netflix. So I didn't even catch the to the the last episode of of the season, which I'm a little disappointed on. Uh, it's The Promised Neverland, which I think you told me I told, about. I got you into that. Yeah. Yeah. How and, good was you know, that? <laughs> it, I, I like like I like it. It's it's been one of the few animes that I've been able to get into. It, it felt short, it, like the the 
it's it, it was another one of those shows where I kept watching it. It's not on my honorable mentions. It's not on my, um, you know, top 10. It's not something that I even was able to finish because by the time I started oh it, God. it was like one day where it was left on Netflix. Oh. And I was like, I, like it's, it's now or never. Oh, so I've got to try gosh. and find a way to finish at least the first season. I think you can catch it on HBO now, possibly. That's a damn good one. You just reminded me I haven't seen season two. There's a lot of shows I haven't been able to watch season two of. Promise Neverland was amazing. I'll literally, sometimes if a pilot's so good, I will stand up and clap. Yeah. Let's go. I'll clap. And then Promise Neverland is that good. Uh, <laughs> I love anime. I think if I were to get you into anime, it would probably be um, Death Note. <clears throat> I have a feeling that would be the one that's up your alley. But um, yeah. anyways, let's keep it moving. All right. Number five is next. Yes. Yeah, is that on me? On you. All right. Well, we knew there was going to be some overlap in our top tens that we do watch. Apparently, not a lot of the same shows, but Apparently, there are some things that we do surprised. that we do watch that are the same. And number five for me is Foundation, and I will second your vote here for season two. Season two was much better than season one. I'm not going to say anything else about it. Uh, it's a great show. It's on Apple TV Plus. Go watch it. Listen to our review if you haven't already. We've got and, about, you know, cross 30, your fingers for season three. We've got about 30 episodes of foundation for y'all whenever you're ready to follow <laughs> that's that. True. Journey. And that's what we like to do on this channel. We like to give you a companion podcast to discuss with us the shows, you know? Anyways, mm -hmm. uh, just for those of you who don't know by now out there, we did not review each other's lists before this. All we knew, all we provided to each other was an outline of how this episode was going to go. And that's how we're doing this. We're, we're live doing this with y'all. Number five on my film list. I had the story of Tetris with okay. um, Taron Eg Edgerton. Okay. Uh, great actor. He's in Blackbird on Apple TV. Uh, that's an honorable mention for me is, is Blackbird. Uh, Blackbird was good. A guy who's a kind of a drug dealer, money runner type who gets sent to prison, but he's so charismatic that they want to use him to get a confession out of a serial killer that they have never been able to pin down. It's mm. a good show. Didn't it didn't get me in all the ways that other shows like that have been able to kind of like reel me in, but nonetheless, it's an honorable mention. I think I've watched that one in the last year as well. Creepy ass character who plays oh, a serial killer. Terrifying. Yeah. Good show. Terrifying yeah. character. But Tetris, incredible story behind Tetris. Uh, apparently coded by a Russian. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it had to be uh, export. Like it pretty much had to be, it's an export out of Russia pretty much. Yeah. And the story of trying to get it on Nintendo and securing the rights to the game is insane. Uh, it's You wouldn't believe it. Like, if you watch the movie Tetris, you'll be blown away at the story of the most famous video game of all time. Mm -hmm. It's it's absolutely bonkers. Like, I honestly recommend it to you. You would love it. As someone who likes history, you would like it a lot. I've watched it. I liked oh, it. Oh, you did? Okay, all right. I yeah, did, yeah. I, I, watched, I watched it. If, uh, at this point, it's probably been like a month and a half ago, but... Okay. It it was a really good movie. I was surprised by the story of it, how complicated it was, how you know, how confusing it was, how much it makes me never want to visit Russia ever. Um, good movie, man. I would like to visit Russia personally. Like, not after watching that movie. There's there's other things that I would I would want to go oh, yeah, visit. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, not gonna, Russia be, it's for, not gonna yeah, be the top but... of my list because I don't want to run into an issue. But it's beautiful. Like the architecture in some in some areas is beautiful. Other areas, it's like yeah. pure comic. It looks like pure uh, communism. But anyways. Um, let's move on. 
I just, uh, I just in hearing that, I know what your number one is. Uh, I will not. I know. I definitely know what your number one is. Anyways, my top, (laughs) my top four films, I I would say are are bangers. Actually, a top five because Tetris is damn good. Tetris is really good. Number five, the one I'm gonna get absolutely um, made fun of for, but I burned through it. I had never experienced something like a show that was this much of a. Just pure nonsense, nonsense television, curious. and because there's a cultural divide with the show, I don't know how much of it is is reality TV. I don't know how much of it is real. I think most of it's bullcrap, personally. But <laughs> season one of this of this show was so good that it's the best pure guilty pleasure television that you'll watch, and it's Singles Inferno. Netflix. I watched both seasons. I burned through that crap faster than I than I care to admit. Uh, it's you know what am I gonna say? The One Piece. There was times where I didn't want to turn the channel and watch another episode of One Piece. Should Foundation be number five? Probably. But Singles Inferno. I burned through that like in maybe two weeks. That was a <laughs> that was a great reality. I can't wait for season three. When you're see, when you're there and the whole concept of the show is you put like a bunch of singles, single young yeah. Koreans on there like they're all anywhere from like 18 to 35 the mm-hmm. koreans on, on the island they put them all on this on this island and they got to choose between paradise or inferno Inferno's the island i mean they're not living terribly but they're not living great either you know they're eating like the same crap every day whatever yeah but then you get to go to paradise but the only way you go to paradise is if you both choose each other blindly <laughs> so you don't know so you pretty much everyone puts their name in a box and if you choose the girl you want to go with and she chooses you, then you both go to paradise. But if you chose a girl and she chose another guy and the guy chose her, now she's going to the paradise with another guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm, so yeah. it's like that. And so everyone goes and has their little, it's like The Bachelor, I guess. I don't really watch The Bachelor. Although my I mom neither. My mom just got into uh, Golden Bachelor. I went and visited uh, oh, them yesterday. Uh-huh. And it's just, the, it's like watching a horror movie. <laughs> you know how you watch a horror movie with people and you just talk the whole time and like make fun of the people and the decisions they make on the screen? Yeah, don't go into the dark room. That's mm-hmm. that's what these shows are. It's like pure like what are they doing? Why would they do this? Like look at this, <laughs> look at this girl. Anyways. All right. That was You've told me five. about this show before. I've I've never seen it either. But Yeah, I should be I should be a judge. I should be a judge of this. Sh- they should bring me in as the American judge of the show. I'll go over there. Or no, nah, I won't be <laughs> I won't be a contestant on that show. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's hilarious. All right. That is hilarious. All right. Number four. Uh, so number four for me is another one that I think we we all know of. It's Silo, created by Graham Yost, based off of the book series Wool Shift and Dust from Hugh Howey. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. We've actually covered every episode of it. It is a really good show Amazing i would show. put it above foundation oh, hell yeah oh, um yeah i mean like like there there are episodes of foundation where i'm just like all right like it feels filler <laughs> it's, it's really slow yeah overall still a good show it's number five on my list but silo is a notch above i think silo is a much more accessible show 100 um easier to get into it's so much easier to get into my wife liked it as well which is awesome um and you know it it's it's this fun mystery it's a science fiction show like it's got everything i love it Amazing show. Most of the people listening to this episode probably got into our podcast because of Silo. You'll hear a little bit about that story of why we chose Silo in the newsletter if you uh, subscribe to it. But it's not next on my list. So Mm. 
What are we on? Four? We are on four, yes. Okay. Number four on my film list. I have a movie, a Korean movie. Okay. Called Past Lives. And it's a movie came out this year. So it's a it's a romance, also kind of um on the you know emotional sadder side type of movie. Mm. It's about these two um these two adults who were like childhood lovers. You know they were like um they loved each other when they were kids, but then the girl yeah. moved over to the states and he remained in South Korea the rest mm. of his life. They reconnect years later, but it's all about their past lives and goes back and forth. And then they, it all builds up to him visiting her in New York. Hmm. But, uh, it's a good movie. I like those kinds, you know, I'm all over the map. I love, you know, a good drama. I love good sci-fi fantasy adventure, all that. But then I also love a good old romantic type of journey. And it's a great love story. They got great chemistry on screen. Um, and this movie, every once, every year, there's maybe like two or three movies that come from a different country. Lately, it's been South Korea. And it picks up a bunch of social media buzz and it pops up on ads and stuff like that. And this one was one of them that popped up and it was good. It was, it's good enough to be number four. Nice. I see it's an A24 movie as well. They, yes. uh, they've got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Number four on my TV shows. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's called Alice in Borderland. I watched season one and two. It's similar to Squid Game. It's about these uh, these young these young Japanese this is crew of young Japanese uh, kids. Not kids. They're like in their twenties. All right. Mm-hmm. They get transported into a world that's abandoned. Okay, but in this world, there's games, and in order to in order to survive, you have to win the games. So they're constantly going through these games, like these pretty much these uh, do or die games with with okay. their with each other, and the rules are diabolical. But there's epic characters. Uh, it's based on a manga, um, which is interesting. I the show had been on my Netflix list for years, and I never just turned it on. There are mm-hmm. moments that are a little bit um, uh, not cheesy, but there's like. Moments that are like, oh, this is straight out of an anime, like a straight out of a manga. But you can see that it was tasteful in the way that they tried to to do it. But nonetheless, I loved it. I burned through the episodes. The season finale of the second season was so good that it's in one of my it's one of my favorite episodes of television, maybe ever. Okay, interesting. You you told me about this before, and I don't know why I've always had it in my head that this was an anime, but. Sounds interesting. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It looks pretty interesting. Not super high on my list just because of, of the type of show, but I'll try and get to it. I, I started Squid Game and I, I did like, um, I like it. I haven't finished it though. I haven't okay. finished it. Okay. All right. All right. We're so. on number three. So before we do number three, mm-hmm. let's hit everybody with the honorable mentions. Do you want to go first with what your honorable mentions are? I would say our honorable mentions also get the stamp of approval. Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, do you want me to just run through all of mine? I've got five because we'll t- you reminded me of one that I threw we'll t- out. We'll talk about each one briefly. Okay, all right. So I'm going to start out. This is a long episode. This will be a long one. This is a long one, but this is a fun one. Yes, um, hell yeah, yeah. And man, like 
I've watched more TV than I thought I did. Yeah. But okay. Uh, number five, which I actually didn't have on my list of honorable mentions. I forgot about it until you had said something a little earlier in the podcast. And it just it reminded me of it. It triggered in my head. Um, it's a show called Dark. And it's on Netflix. Mm. It's this science fiction, like mystery show. The The whole show is is in German. It, I, I don't fluently speak German, but I, I do like to listen to it in German and read the subtitles because the audio of, of the show is just great. Like it was, you know, one of the things that I picked up on when I first started watching it, it just sounded really good. It was mixed really well, but it's a very intriguing mystery sci-fi it's i mean it is dark it's it would a little be a creepy. great story archive show it would be like it 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 goes deep and you know like there are some things that are a little it's a little complicated to follow um but i i really enjoyed it i i would recommend going to watch it it's not on my top 10 but it is in my honorable mentions because you reminded me of it thank you um but that's my number five you're gonna we're gonna get somebody email us saying for us to do dark for sure uh, it's a great show. I haven't actually uh, caught up with it, so there's a lot of dark I still need to watch. I think I watched like the first season. Um, is that your what's what's what else on your honorable mention list, or are we going one by one? I'll I'll go through all of mine. So next up on my honorable mentions, this is number four. It's another TV show. It's called You. It's oh, also I haven't on. It. Yeah, it's also on Netflix. You know the first two or. Th- I can't remember which season they're on right now. It's been a little bit since I've seen the show. The first two seasons were really good. Your wife got you into this one. Uh, we both kind of kind of picked up on that one. Um, it was it was interesting. So the first two seasons, like I was saying, are really good. Once you get into season three, it, for me, it really started to, to fall off. I I haven't uh, I haven't even finished the last couple of seasons but the first two started out really strong it has uh pen badgley i believe is how you pen pronounce Bad- his name uh, in it gossip yeah girl. gossip girl that's right i know that one because of my wife um <laughs> <laughs> which was a good show as well it was kind of uh bingey um it is a bingey but show, yeah no yeah. You, you you is number four on my okay. list okay. i liked it it was it's this nice little little creepy uh creepy guy that just you know watches you uh, speaking of watching, number three on my list is The Watcher. Wow. Okay. Also, a Netflix show. Mm-hmm. It's there's one season of it. They I don't know if they're going to make another season. I, I imagine they could, but if I remember correctly, I want to say it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you, you get this married couple that moves into this home, and you know it's their dream home, and, and they start receiving threatening letters. Uh, from somebody or something signed the watcher and you know it's just it's this dark horror like mystery show as they're trying to figure out who the hell the watcher is and why they're watching them i haven't watched an interesting one it's good it's good it it's one that i wanted to to watch each episode um what was happening very like yeah because i'm like i I wanted to get through it because i'm like like huh how do I say this without making it sound bad? Some shows end the episode in a way that's just like so annoying. Like they leave just a little too much yeah. open and you're like, come on, like, like give me just a little bit more. So I feel like we had some closure yeah, in this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was one where they didn't do that for me. Like it was just, it was a little too open at the end of the episode. All in all though, it was, it was good. It was an interesting story. Next up. All right. Number two on my list, still another TV show. 
It, and I haven't watched the latest season. I yeah, I've, I've got to go get my Hulu for that because I don't have Hulu. But oh. it is Handmaid's Tale. Hold on, but you watched that this year? Uh, I watched it last year. You know how many all but the latest season is this one I have not watched. I have so many people who have wanted me to watch Handmaid's Tale. Handmaiden or Handmaids? Handmaid's Tale. Peggy Olson. Yep, that is right. I gotta watch it. It's got. I mean, it's it's good. It's got Elizabeth Moss in it, who's who is Peggy Olson? Yes, from um, Mad Men. Mad Men. It also has. I, I'm gonna butcher the name, but uh, Yvonne. Strahovski. No idea uh, who that is. She she's been in a few other shows that I've watched. I, I I mean, without going to look, I can't remember the names of all of them. But I, I think it's um, a pretty familiar show for people. Handmaid's Tale by this point. It's like I, I I will say like like it's it's a dark show. Like it it really you know so many of the things that I pick, man. Like I'm looking at my list and I'm like they're all like <laughs> horrific. They're so bad. You know, you know what um, I see on my list? I see a definite pattern between <laughs> when I watch a dark show and yeah. the and the stuff I watch right after. Like right after Alice in Borderland, which is a dark show, mm-hmm. I definitely went through Singles Inferno. So what's better to go through after a dark show than a reality show about people who are just trying to find love? You know, like yeah. you know, just watch this trashy TV that like is not deep at all, you know? And <laughs> To kind of cleanse my mind from the mm-hmm. the stuff I just saw, analysis and yeah. All right, next up. Well, it it, oh, it is dark. It is a good show. I I would watch it, but if you're kind of squeamish about things, I mean, it, there there's basically a bunch of women living as concubines in in this uh, sweet theo- theocratic dictatorship. What? It's great. Yeah, love it. Um, great, great show. Uh, totally, totally something to watch with the kids. Not really. Uh, okay, number one. I'm. J- I was just kidding. Number one uh, on my honorable mentions is a movie I had not ever heard of in my life. I don't even remember how I came across it, but I ended up buying it and I watched it. I liked it a lot. It's from Justin Kurzel, and it is called "The True History of the Kelly Gang." It has Russell Crowe in it. Uh, amongst a few other people, mm-hmm. but that was the. Uh, What's it about? I have never heard of it before. So it basically follows this Australian uh, bush ranger uh, who has a gang. His his name is Ned Kelly, and he's fleeing the authorities. But it's set back in 1870, and uh, you kind of like see this character grow up. Um, you know the gang is a little a little underwhelming uh, okay. in my opinion, but it it was interesting. You know, love, it's not often gang. that I see. I love good gang film, so it's not often that I see a um, you know, a gang show from another 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 country. But it also has Nicholas Holt has uh, Charlie Hunnam in it. It's really good. They just got the whole would, Australian platoon on this movie. Interesting. Yeah, there's 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 quite a lot of uh, a lot of people on this list. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, is that it for your honorable mentions? That, that is it for my honorable mentions. Okay. My honorable mentions. I got a few and then I'm going to rapid fire some others. Okay. I got Dairy Girls. It's a low, it's an underrated comedy about these girls in Ireland in high school. And it's freaking hilarious. I, I, the only reason it's not maybe in the top 10 is because I haven't finished season one yet. 
Mm. But uh, but it's funny as hell. There's, there's a dynamic with the grandpa always making fun of the the, the son-in-law. That is fantastic. Uh, it's just hilarious. The old guy who plays the grandpa is um, he plays a fierce swordsman in Game of Thrones, which is hilarious. Anyways, <laughs> uh, but he's not funny at all in Game of Thrones. It's it's uh, it's it's pretty great. Then I put down the Essex Serpent. I'm gonna list off a few shows here now, and then I'll get into the other ones. Okay. Uh, the Essex Serpent has Tom Hiddleston, Claire Dane, Claire Danes. Uh, just fantastic show, mystery, dark mystery. These these two are just incredible. Frank Delane's in it. Just the fantastic acting all around. Fantastic writing. It's probably one of Apple's best originals. Uh, it's maybe not for everyone, but it's a heavy drama, and it's great. And these two have are just magnetic on screen. Hmm. Some other ones I'll list off as honorable mentions. Echo Three about a Navy SEAL team that goes to uh, to save one of the Navy SEALs' sisters slash wife. Not his, not the sister and his wife, but yeah. she's married to one of the SEALs and one of the SEALs is the brother of the girl. Uh, Luke Evans is in it, does a great job. It, fa- it fizzles at certain points. Uh, mm-hmm. It gets a little annoying in certain areas, but nonetheless good. Mosquito Coast. Um, great show. I'll leave it at that. Season one was better than season. I haven't finished season two. But it's good. Okay. Okay. Uh, For All Mankind. Great show. Fades off in certain Mm -hmm. areas. Storylines here and there. It gets gets, uh, the honorable mention. Hijack with Idris Elba. We did a podcast series on it. It's about Idris Elba who- I forgot about that. Plays Sam Nelson. He's on a plane that gets hijacked. And he is a corporate negotiator, so he pretty much tries to negotiate his way to safety with everyone else on the plane. And now to my list of honorable mentions here. The last three that I have. Okay. Or the last two, actually. Uh, I put Vinland Saga Season 2. It's an anime based upon the Vikings conquering era. I don't know what year that would be, but uh, it's the era where the Vikings were coming over and uh, England wasn't named England yet. It was named, uh, what was it called? Essex before? What was it called before? Uh, Ooh, before I, I, I won't get know. lost in that, but Vinland Saga season two, not my favorite as, as Vinland Saga season one. Season one is one of the greatest seasons of anything I've ever watched. Yeah. Uh, season two is a slow burn. It's all about character development. Uh, it follows the character of Thor, uh, Torfin who was sold into slavery. And he's working for his freedom on a farm. And uh, he meets people and you just get into their journeys. It's a slow, heavy character drama. But there's moments of payoff that are really emotional and very uh, heart-wrenching. And it's good. It does what other shows can't do because of the time they take to tell the story. Hmm. Last on the honorable mentions. And the only reason that this show is not on the top 10, because it would be a top three show or maybe top four, okay, Okay. is because it's so damn old and I didn't watch it close enough to make this list, but it's Sopranos. I had never watched Sopranos before. Mm. Everyone out there who's listening to this show is probably going to say this is blasphemy. I can't believe I'm subscribed to a show discussing TV shows and films that hasn't watched Sopranos. When Sopranos came out, I was like seven. So I, I couldn't watch Sopranos. You know, you've seen Sopranos. You can't give that to a seven-year-old. Anyways, 
James Gandolfini, rest in peace. One of the greatest performances of all time as Tony Soprano. He carries the show. I think it's underrated how much he carries the show. Okay. It's mm-hmm. pretty much a, it's a family comedy and drama in a way. It's pretty much imagine a guy who has a complicated family life, works a nine to five, except his nine to five is being a local uh, local boss of a, of a local mafia. So it's it's just incredible, you know, a cast of, of just great actors. You got Polly Polly Peanuts or Walnuts, whatever they call them, and uh, just all together incredible. You got Steve Buscemi who's on the show. Uh, there's a bunch of great moments, and it's definitely an all-time classic. And the reason it's honorable mention, I have to put it on there, is because of what it represents and the era of modern television that it ushered in. Tony Soprano, the character of Tony Soprano paved the way for the anti-hero character, the Walter Whites, the Don Drapers, mm. those types of characters. It wasn't big before this. And just, man, incredible. I would recommend it to everybody. Now let's get into our top three, Zach. Okay. Well, I, I do have to say, because you mentioned okay. um, you mentioned Don there. Matthew Weiner is one of the writers for Sopranos. And he was a also- of episodes, yeah. The creator for for Mad Men, so yeah, that's a good that's a good trivia. Yeah. All right, number three in my top ten. So my my final three here. I know two of your top three for sure. Are all movies? I have a. I know two of them for sure. And they all follow. Yeah, I know. A very similar. I know all three of them for sure. <laughs> they all Let's follow go. a very similar. Um, yeah, genre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, let's get let's on it. with it. Well, I'm going right. to say them for you. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so number number three was directed by Edward Berger, and it is All Quiet on the Western Front. Well, I will say right now before you finish, yeah. that is okay. also my number three on my films of the year. Are you serious? Yes. That is hilarious. Yes, it is. I I loved that movie. It it's it was it was great. The whole thing is in German as well. Um. That's it. That's how I watched it. At least I don't know if you watched it that way. If you yeah, switched I, it over to English, I'll say this for those who haven't watched it: it's about a German battalion. It's about a mm-hmm. couple, a group of German young kids who enlist to fight in the war. They're fired yeah. up. You have to imagine that they are receiving the the Nazi propaganda, and thinking that they're fighting for righteous a righteous cause in lots of ways. Yeah. Um, the movie doesn't really show. I don't believe they show any sort of concentration camps or or oppression of, of Jews and gypsies and all sorts of other type uh people who were persecuted in, mm-hmm. in the Holocaust. So they don't ever see that, okay? But th- what the, the movie hammers home is the just absolute savagery of war, the savagery of Nazi Germany, and the shameless, not shame, the senseless violence and, and death, deaths that did not need to occur especially at the tail end of the war that I had no idea about. And um, the movie, in my opinion, got robbed uh, in terms of how powerful it was to me. I thought Mm -hmm. it was definitely an Oscar-worthy movie. Yeah, And I thought it should have won over uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, in my opinion. Same. Uh, It was great. There's no other way around it, 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 but it's, it's just powerful. It's one of those movies that you think about uh, for days after, and the way the movie opens is a perspective of war I had never considered. It opens up with a fox in the, in the forest and the birds and all that. And you think about it: what is, what do animals think when a war is going on around them? When you're just hearing sh- like shellings and bombs and all yeah. this stuff, and you're an animal, 
like just the perspective of that is you know the movie's not about that obviously but yeah the, to open it up like that was was interesting the cinematography is beautiful um yeah Act, it, it, the acting was incredible acting was incredible it was it was made extremely well it really reeled me in uh you know you follow this this young group of of kids um you know that that enlist in the war like you mentioned and you know what i didn't know is that it was first of all it was it's an anti-war film based on a book from 1929 a novel from 1929 by uh eric maria remark and it wasn't the first or the second film adaptation of that book. It was the third. There was one made in 1930 and there was another one made in 1979. I have not seen either of those two. I actually, I actually found that out while I was, you know, preparing some of my notes for this episode. Um, so I might go back and try and watch those two as well, just to kind of see how, how well it, it uh, you know, pairs up with, with this movie, which was from 2022. Great movie. Go watch it. Okay. My number three, I won't. I don't have to say my film one because that was my number three on the film side. Number three of the TV shows of the year for me okay. is Silo. Um, last year, when we were doing the podcast, one of the things, the strategies that we were thinking about and trying to grow the pod was to try to find shows that were discussion friendly and shows that wouldn't have a lot of coverage for people who want to hear more about theories and stuff like that. Uh, we wanted to go in a sci-fi type of route. And um, it just ticked all the boxes. When I when I read that synopsis of what it was yeah. about and the world of it, and um, I want to read the books. I did not, I wasn't able to stay up to my to my desire of reading the books with the show, but it was almost better that way to kind of be blind when watching the show and not have any expectations. Mm -hmm. And it's just incredible. I can't wait for season two. It's it, to me, it's probably what the, the top three grail of shows on, on Apple is, is Ted Lasso, Severance and Silo. I'd have to say are the top three. Severance is a really good one as well. Um, yeah. Silo, Silo is great. Uh, you know, one of my coworkers doesn't have Apple TV. Uh, plus, but I was telling him about the show and I told him like, he, he was like, that sounds interesting. I'm like, yeah, it's on Apple TV plus. He's like, I don't have that. And I'm like, well, it's based on a book series. He loves reading more, more than watching shows anyways. But, um, I'm like, yeah, it's based on a book series. We'll shift us by Hugh Howie. He's like, okay. He goes and he, he buys the book and he, he's like constantly sending me messages updating. Like he plowed through all three of those books Amazing. so quick. It was ridiculous. He, he was like, this, this was like one of the best, uh, you know, books that he's read in, in a while. And he reads a lot. Like it's amazing. I, I wish I could read as much as he does. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely a good show. So that's number three on my TV show list. Now on to number two of your list. All right. So number two, like I mentioned, is also another film. It follows the similar genre of war. In fact, it follows the same war, not so much the same battle, but the same war. And it is a movie directed by Sam Mendes called 1917. Oh, that's not it fair. It is a movie. It was, <laughs> it was made in 2019. Yeah. But man, it, it is one of my favorite movies of, of all time. It is, it, it's just incredible. And the fact that the entire movie is like a single shot. Yeah. I mean, like one camera, yeah. you hit go. It's just, it's a freaking masterpiece. It's a, it's a work of art. The coordination, yeah. it, it, it is beautiful. 
I would. It, put, that's my number two. I'd put that over your number one, one hundred percent, in my opinion. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll okay. Let right. bygones be bygones. But you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two. That was your number two, right? That was my number okay. two. Number two for me also follows. I think the same war, but not the same way. This movie took fourteen years to make. In my opinion, I take it back. I don't think All Quiet on the Western Front should have won Best Picture. I think this film should have won Best Picture. And it's P- Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Mm. And the reason we say Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is because it's not like the original Pinocchio. It's way better. And it's fantastic. And the behind the scenes of the the absolute arduous detail and craftsmanship that it took to create this film is nothing short of uh, just an absolute uh, feat there's absolutely no way that it should not have won best picture in some capacity uh it's incredible and uh i raved about it to you you watched it shortly after and kind of walked away with the same um impression Mm -hmm. albeit it didn't make your top 10 but uh no it it didn't make my top but man it it was really well made like i I will say it it was great i will say um just incredible all around a little bit darker than the original pinocchio so maybe not with the kids uh that you watch this one but it's it's so good yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely it's definitely a tad darker my my list is more current than yours so a little bit i don't watch as much as you do so i had to dig a little yeah. deeper on some of mine you're catching so. up on a backlog of uh, of old it's kind of like i'm jealous of the fact that you get like that you got to watch 1917 this year because when i watched yeah. that Although I did get one perk ahead of you, I got to watch it in theaters. I did also watch did? it in theaters. By did the it way. re-release? I did. Uh, did what? Did it re-release? That's how you saw it. No, I saw it in theaters when it came out, but I've seen it recently. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you're putting yes. it in here. Okay, got you. Got uh, yeah, you. I, it was. I loved it. I love it. All right, number two on my TV show list okay. was one that I watched recently. A very pleasant surprise. Everyone who who's listened to our shows has reached out and who's actually watched it has said they love it. Uh, it's called Drops of God. It's <laughs> a fantastic series on Apple TV+. Plus. I don't think it's an Apple TV Plus original. I could be wrong, though. Uh, it's about a girl who has a rocky relationship with her father who passes away. And she's left to compete against somebody else for his private wine collection inheritance. She competes against one of her father's former students, who's played by Tomohisa Yamashita, who also happens to be in Alice in Borderland season two, I believe. And uh, it's kind of a funny crossover. When I saw him, I was like, "Man, this guy, man, hell of an actor." Great series. Uh, it's in it's in French, Japanese, and English at times. Funny enough, and everyone who watched it probably maybe doesn't know this. Also based on a manga. I had no idea. Yeah. And it's based on a manga, and it's. It's fantastic. It's definitely had I had had number one have what I had if number one wasn't the best show I've watched in a long time, uh, it's arguable. Drops of God could could easily be number one on my list too. So, okay. Anyways, highly recommended. Awesome. I think I think you would like Drops of God as well. So. I've started the first episode very recently, and I'm liking it so far. So I've I've got to I got to continue with it. Just got to stick with it. All right. All right. Number one, and we have the same number one on the film list. 
Should we say it? Should we say it at the same? Should we say it at the same time? Let's count it down. Sure, let's count it down. We'll say it. We are we saying it on one or are we saying it on like? Say it on zero because you got to say one. Okay, all right. Three, Three, two, two, one. one. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. (laughs) Fucking amazing movie. Yeah. I love it, man. Directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. I think those are the two primary actors that we I think it's a, a fitting number one, too, because we have, yeah. uh, you know, it's a two-year anniversary of the launch of Story Archives, and the That's first right. show we did had Killian Murphy as the lead, as Tommy Shelby. And yep. here we are, Oppenheimer, Killian Murphy, and he's he's made his way to number one. It's Yeah. And by the way, did you hear the news? Christopher Nolan is set to to write and direct at least two Bond movies. No, I did not hear that. That's yeah. pretty cool. I don't know if that's BS, but I did read it, and I think that the source was pretty reputable. So okay. that would be incredible. I don't think Killian's out of the running to play Bond, but Oppenheimer, incredible. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. perhaps steals the show in his role. He uh, does a great job. But just incredible. The soundtrack's beautiful. The cinematography's beautiful. The relevance of a movie like this and the topic considering the wars that are going on right now mm-hmm. and how fragile life is with the power that we have with these nuclear weapons because the nuclear weapon that he developed the atom bomb is not even close to the power of the weapons that we have today and yeah. it's horrifying to think about it just the scene with him and einstein at the pond and when the conversation is revealed as to what what they were discussing and all of that is just so fascinating. And the fact that I haven't watched it a second time yet is kind of uh, clawing at the back of my head. I can't believe you haven't watched it a second time yet. I've, I've literally been dying. The only reason I haven't watched it a second time is because, uh, well, I had a baby like a few days after I watched it the first time. Inexcusable. And I like, <laughs> I, I, might, I might even go this weekend to watch it. Like it is so good. I was so lucky to watch it in... Uh, the IMAX down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, where you've got like that. Oh, that you watched it at really AutoNation sh- IMAX? Yeah, I watched. That was that was my first experience with it, and my God, man, like it was, it was beautiful. Like the movie gives you chills. You're right. The soundtrack is amazing. The cinematography is amazing. The entire thing shot on film. Did you know they actually had to invent black and white IMAX film for this movie? No idea. No they idea. did because there's never been black and white IMAX film before. It's always been in color. So they had to create that from scratch just for the film for one of the ways that they depict a certain storyline in the film. What was it again, the reason for uh, making that black and white? Uh, the So the story, there, there's two perspectives in the story and I don't think this is giving anything away, but you, you follow Killian Murphy's character who's Oppenheimer, and then you follow uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, who is Louis Strauss. And any anything in black and white is from the perspective of Louis Strauss. Anything in color is from the perspective of Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the way that they, they kind of like use the black and white versus color to, to just kind of like show you the difference in, um, you know, perspectives. Because there are some things where, where you see the same event from two different perspectives as well. Um, and it's just, it was a very interesting way to, to kind of, to kind of see that told. I, I liked it. It was tasteful. And perhaps like also to, maybe it's speaking to the fact that um, Louis Strauss, Strauss mm-hmm. is very much seeing things in black and white. Yes. Ones, ones and zeros. And Oppenheimer's very much seeing things in totality, you know? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Oppenheimer seems to have difficulties even making decisions. Uh, like he, he's like a very calculated human being. Yeah. He likes to think about things, which I mean, makes sense for, 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 what, for what he is. Yeah. All right. My number one show of the year thus far. Okay. And it's uh -huh. probably not going to be surpassed. Okay. Is The Bear on Hulu. <laughs> okay. Okay. The show, you have to understand. You've already seen on my on my list here. I've got at least three sh shows and movies having to do with the culinary chef world. I got Hunger. I have Drops mm -hmm. of God, which is all about wine and and the quality of wine and sommelier that kind of thing. Yeah, the Bear is straight out of like my favorite, one of my favorites of all time, which is Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations, Kitchen Confidential, the book. It's the rock star chef type of thing loaded with good actors okay uh the main character's name is carmine he works at a what was a philly almost like a philly steak shop okay that was in his family it was his brothers okay who's played by i don't want to ruin all these things if you haven't watched the bear i kind of want to do a damn series on the bear because i want i feel like rewatching it okay mm. it's so good it's fast paced the episodes are short cinematography looks beautiful the color looks great Okay, uh, the chemistry, the actors, everything is the storytelling of each individual character. You care about all of the characters. There's never a moment where it's focused on a character that you're like, I don't care about this person. Why are we focusing so much time here? It's it's just absolutely a masterpiece. Like it's just that good. All right. So mm -hmm. it's number one on the list. It ain't getting surpassed this year because it's on the rank. It's like at the level of Mad Men, the Mad Men's, the Breaking Bad's, the Game of Thrones. It's at the level of those in my mind. So the bear gets the ultimate story archive stamp of approval and the crown, okay. the crown jewel of the top of the show list. At least mine. Good. Good job, the bear. I, uh, listen, I, I'll watch it when I, when I get Hulu to finish Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Yes, you. I, yeah. may, I may steal that login from you, so I can right. watch uh, *Handmaid's Tale* too. Do it. Uh, all right. I think this was a successful uh, Sasa uh, showcase, right? This was. Yeah, we we we've, we've got to create some like awards or something, you know, some 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 nice visuals to go with this. Create some little trophies and send them to each person involved in these, and they're just going to be like, "What WTF? Like, what the hell is this?" Yeah, yeah, we're 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 going to send this to Christopher Nolan. Yeah, it's going to be like this yeah. is going to be like on his mantle. Yeah, right? <laughs> who needs an Oscar when you can have a Sasa? Anyways, That's right. We want to do these maybe quarterly or maybe biannually. We don't know yet, but we want to do something where we're kind of giving you guys the best of what we're watching. So you can have some ideas. If you had, you know, your notes app open or a pen and paper, you could have had a, you have enough shows and movies in the list that we gave you today to get you through the rest of the year. Hands down. We got some gems in there and we hope you enjoy them. If you got a favorite top 10 list, email us at contact at soapbox.house. Also, let us know what you think about our lists and let us know how you enjoyed this episode. For everything else, Zach, to your outro. Before I get to the outro, there's one thing that I got to say because I just, I just realized it, which is kind of funny because it's literally been sitting here staring me in the face the entire time. I've been having a little bit of whiskey while we've been recording this, this episode. And it's funny that this is the two-year anniversary of when we started this. And we started with Peaky Blinders because right now I am drinking the Bushmills Peaky Blinders edition 
Did you Irish whiskey? Did you do this on purpose? I did not. I really did not. I I I have a nice, very um, high proof uh, bourbon back there, and you know it's it's it hits you pretty quick. And I'm like, you know, I need something a little bit different, so I switched to my Bushmills because man, I love Irish whiskey. Irish. And I just realized that I had bought the Shelby Company Limited Edition. You know of Bushmills. I believe in serendipity. I believe in fate. I believe that, you know, nothing is a mistake. I believe everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the cherry on top of the episode of all these things coming together. When I was uh, writing the newsletter today and I was thinking about what we were going to do with this episode, I said, should we release this tomorrow? I mean, tomorrow's technically like national podcast, whatever holiday thing it is. Mm. But then I looked and I was like, wait a minute, when did we first release? Because I knew it was around fall that we released our first episode of Story Archives. And uh, I looked back and it was October 8th. And I was like, look at all these things perfectly coinciding with October 8th. Patreon opens up a free tier for everybody. So if nobody wants to pay, they can still follow us and at least stay in the loop with what we're doing. We can drop the newsletter. We got Lupin coming out October 5th. A perfect show to carry into where we already have our series that we did for part one and part two and um yeah everything's just coming together at the perfect time so yeah man it's it's been a pleasure we thank you all who've enjoyed our show and we hope you stay tuned for the future of shows that we cover and know that you were with us at the first sasa awards yeah well thank you for listening to this episode of story archives an episode that i don't think we have a title for i guess we can call it the sasa awards or what we're watching but we'll finalize that later thank you for listening to this episode of story archives you can find this podcast anywhere you can find podcasts apple spotify and google podcasts you can visit our website at soapbox.house email us at contact at soapbox.house you can follow us on rumble by the time you're listening to this patreon follow us on x at soapbox house And we do have a couple links in the description below. Want to sign up for our newsletter? We hope to see you there. We're sending our first one out the same time that this releases, so you might miss that email, uh, but you'll get the next one that we do send out. And we also have a link in the description below to fill out a form, um, you know, where we're just collecting information as we continue to build the network. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, peace out.